United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast and welcome to Pride Month. As Dan Wogue wrote back on June 3rd at unitedsoccercoaches.org, June is when LGBTQ people and their allies celebrate gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender life. Today, we celebrate together and we celebrate proudly. I want to thank Lee Gerald and Sue Ryan for heading up all the advocacy groups, as well as United Soccer Coaches CEO, Lynn Berling Manuel. And I especially want to thank our amazing guests, Dan Wogue, the United Soccer Coaches LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group Chair in collaboration with United Soccer Coaches Jonas Wirth, has brought us today, along with Dan, Shalom Kimbo, Cage Leitner, and David Goff. We hear from all of them proudly after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. United Soccer Coaches is committed to fostering diversity by offering a welcoming and supportive environment for all our members, leadership, and other constituents. We nurture a learning and working environment that respects differences in culture, age, gender, race, ethnicity, physical ability, sexual orientation, religious affiliation, and socioeconomic status. This is Pride Month, 2021 Pride Month, and as written by Dan Wogue, the United Soccer Coaches LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group Chair back on June 3rd, he says, welcome to Pride Month. June is when LGBTQ people and their allies celebrate gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender life. There are parades, parties, and concerts, plus of course, Pride Days and nights at soccer matches across the country. As Chair of United Soccer Coaches, again, speaking for Dan, LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group, I have plenty to be proud of. And we're going to get to that. But before we do, I want to welcome my good friend who I've known long before I ever knew he was gay, as if it mattered, way back in the early 90s. And we've continued to be friends. I love this man, Dan Wogue, to open things up. Dan, how you doing, my man? I'm good, Dean. Happy to be here. Well, Dan, tell us your story. When you realized that you were gay and how long it took and how your family dealt with it. And then I'm going to let you pass the torch as we get to know this esteemed panel. Sure. When I was five years old, I knew that my life was going to be different in some way. I couldn't explain it, but like many LGBTQ people, I knew that, that something about me was different. And it wasn't until I was about 13 that I was able to put it in sexuality terms. When all my buddies, all my soccer playing buddies were talking about girls, you know, and oh man, look at her boobs and all that. And 
you know, I'm like, what's the big deal? So I kept waiting for that magic moment when I discovered what was so great and it didn't come. Instead, I had crushes on guys. And the older I got, the more I realized that this was not what my friends were feeling. And furthermore, there was nobody in the soccer world where I was playing that felt that way. So it must be bad. You know, my coaches weren't talking about it, but they joke about it. So even though I came to terms with it when I was in college, after college, when I started coaching, it took me a real long time to be out because I feared what people would say. I feared the reaction. And I actually was, was pretty homophobic because I didn't want anybody to know my secret. When I did come out as a high school coach, the reaction was overwhelmingly positive. I should have done it much earlier. I did not give people enough credit. But like many LGBTQ people, the world I knew was not, it was a world of being closeted. So as I became more secure, and as I continued to coach, and people liked me or disliked me for my coaching and for who I was, not for who I loved, the more I got involved at a, at a national level. And as you alluded, working with United Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group has been one of the joys of my life. I'm surrounded by amazing men and women. We work hard, we laugh, we do good things, and we are joined by incredible allies, allies in the LGBTQ group and allies in the Black and Latino and Native American and women's and faith-based and disabilities groups. We realize that we're all in this together, and it's made me a better coach and a better human being. I could talk for hours, but nobody wants to hear me. So I'm going to go next to Shalom. Shalom Kimball. Oh, well, I understand why people like the girls. That was my jam. <laughs> uh, so I think, <laughs> so for me, it was, I knew really young that I liked pretty, you know, and, and pretty was, pretty was important to me. And I couldn't quite figure out what the interest was in these boys. Like I just wanted to beat them. I, otherwise, all the girls were in the corner like, oh, he's cute. And I was like, okay, well, I beat him. So he's not really any use to me. But I remember I was at home and I must have seen the Pride Parade on TV. And I went to my mom and I said, hey, you know, well, what if I was gay? I was like nine. And she was like, that's fine, but you're not. And I was like, okay, well, so the next 10 years of my life, I am not. And I went to Catholic school. And so there was a lot of uh, gay this and, you know, F word that, and it was just a big deterrent. It was clearly, this is not what is supposed to happen. This is not how my life is supposed to be. When I turned 19, it was interesting because it was a whole life change. I actually played the goalkeeper every year since I was seven. And I ended up having my shoulder reconstructed. And so I missed a year. Of, so now I missed a year. I'm having to grapple with going to, you know, being in college and it just seemed like the life, it, it was time to make a change. It was time to be happy for myself. And I got to step away from the game that allowed me to put everything else away and really focus on me. So I just kind of came out blazing. I actually was outed and I am very much the person who says, um, You're, I'm going to get you before you get me. So someone asked and I was like, yeah. Right. And in my, it, I was inside, I was like, oh my God, what have I just done? <laughs> you know? So it probably took a good five years when having to come out to people to not get the butterflies anymore. And there still are times where it's just like, it is a safe. Right. And I still think about places like 
probably cannot go. But as far as this group, it's always a party when we're together. Um, we have a great time. I think we respect each other. And every time we get together, we learn something new about gay people, lesbians, trans people, people of color, the intersectionality. And I mean, I couldn't ask for a better group of people to be able to hang out with at least once a month. Thank you so much, Shalone Kimball, as we now pass the torch to Cage Leitner, who we met a couple months ago right here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. And Cage is in a lightning story as you break down LGBTQ Cage identifies as quite a few of those letters. I'll let Cage tell his story now, Cage. <laughs> I have a few of those categories. You know, the, it's interesting to listen to my friends here talk about their stories of, um, of coming out and coming to this realization of ourselves. We have so many commonalities as a really large LGBTQ community, and then we have so many different things that we've experienced as individuals too. So it's it's always so amazing to hear everybody's stories. So I'm a transgender person. I'm a queer transgender person. And so I have kind of dual stories. I have first coming to terms and understanding and, and moving through the world in terms of what is my sexuality and who am I attracted to? And so similar to Shalom, I had kind of that experience of, I don't really care about the boys. Yeah, I'm definitely ready to, kick their asses on the field and ready to do that. You know, and the girls, I, there was definitely an attraction that I felt towards girls at a young age. I also have a brother who's eight years older than me and I just looked up to him tremendously to see what is it like to be a boy. And so I always was looking to him to, and thinking of myself as like, I'm gonna grow up to be like him. And I remember at the age of four thinking that, that I'm gonna grow up to be like my brother and I'm gonna look like him. I do actually now look a lot like him. But at the age of four, I had that thought around my gender. And that's pretty common. Um, that's actually really, really common for kids to understand and know their gender identity at a young age. But I first was grappling with my sexuality. And so I came out to my family at, at the age of 21 as gay. And that was a huge thing. And I had, you know, my heart was pounding and I was so nervous about how that was going to go. And I have an amazing family and they did amazing things of supporting me. And then I came out again to them at the age of 27 as trans. And all along there, I've had this incredible family support and I've had sports. I've had this amazing protective factor of playing on a lot of different sport teams, not just soccer. I started coaching at the age of 15. Sports is what has allowed me to be where I am now. My, my family and sports have created the ability for me to find myself, to be confident, to understand my purpose in this world, and to find my, my true identity as Cage. And I, I just can't be more grateful to the fact that my parents forced me into playing sports at a young age and said, we know that you have talent. We know that you're athletically skilled. Go out there and do it and show it. And so it, it allowed me to deal with all the bullying and all the teasing and all the anxiety and being asked every day if I was a boy or a girl and being shouted at in the bathrooms and being told that I wasn't allowed to be this place or that place. But even within sports, sometimes I also was told I'm playing too rough. I'm being too aggressive. I'm too cocky. I, people told me all the time I was this cocky kid. That's just because I looked like a girl and I played like a boy. That's yeah. it. But I worked through it. I got through it. And I've, I've come to this place where I am now. And and now I landed here with all these amazing people and I can't be more excited to be on a, a group of people who are leading an advocacy group that blends my two loves, my love of diversity and talking about inclusion 
and sports and soccer. It's just the best thing that I could ever imagine. And I'm just, I'm so happy that I'm a part of this group. Well, Cage, let me also say it was a pleasure getting to know you a couple months ago on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. And thank you for your return. And it's called LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group for a reason. Allies are important as we walk our walk and talk our talk. And David Goff is one of the biggest allies you can find. David Goff, I find your story amazing. Can you share your story, please? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dean. Thank you to my friends in the group, uh, to the listeners and, and whatever they might be. I mean, I think, you know, just listening to everybody talk, I'm blown away every time that we meet as a group. And I'm just the passion that my friends speak with here and, and people within the community speak with the stories they have. I've been a soccer coach all my life, Dean, really. I've never really been any good at anything else. A lot of people tell you I'm no good at soccer coaching, but um, I've never really been any good at anything else. And I just thought, you know what? This sport that we all love, this game that is world, you know, global around the world, it can do better. And, and we must do better. And that kind of was the push for me to want to reach out. Through the coaching convention in January, my first I uh, reached out to Dan in one of the chat rooms and uh, and, and Dan was wonderful. He, he, he messaged me back. We got talking and I found a channel for my for, for my want and my need to support and, and be an ally, as you said. And I think, you know, very quickly for me, I think there's a lot of coaches out there who can be involved in supporting the LGBTQ plus community who would like to, but perhaps like me, didn't know how or didn't know what to do. So they did nothing. And I think I want to be a voice to help everybody you know those people in that situation people within the community and everybody in our wonderful sport because uh, it is the global game for a reason it is for everybody regardless of, of of anything it's for you yeah that's my biggest motivation to really be with these amazing people yeah well we're certainly glad to have you and certainly glad to have shalom and cage and dan and this entire panel it is pride month we're going to take a quick break and Come back and talk about some of the things that the LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group have, in fact, accomplished as we move on here. This entire show dedicated to Pride Month, United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap. College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org college. This is Dean Linky again, and I wanted to take a moment to salute all of the great people that made this year's United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention such a great success. I had the great honor of serving as one of the hosts, and it was one of the best weeks in soccer I've ever had. With that, while the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention might be over, you can still get involved as we're just getting started. You can still register to receive access to all session recordings and the digital convention platform. Chat with your soccer coaching community and take in top level presentations from coaches around the globe, all at your own convenience. To register and receive access, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. That's right, you can still register for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention and have access to all of the amazing presentations. I hope you can take advantage of the special offer. And again, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. 
Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. I'm Dean Linky. This entire broadcast dedicated to Pride Month and the LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group. I read earlier from Dan Wogue, the United Soccer Coaches LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group Chair. He was talking about how much he has to be proud of. One of the things you talked about, Dan, was the growth of your group, your members, men, women, and non-binary. You coach at every level. Some are gay, lesbian, bi, and trans. Some are straight allies. All are committed to making our team safe, welcoming, and inclusive spaces for every player in every way. You really did sum it up there, Dan, but can you elaborate on that sentiment? Sure. There is no one gay community any, any more than there is a Black community or a Latino or, or a women's community. But I think what binds all of us together are two things. Number one, we know that Every child that we coach has some secret. It might be sexuality. It might be socioeconomic. It might be something going on in the home with a divorce. It might be that they think they're not as bright as their teammates. And by recognizing that every single individual is different, because we're all so different, the more we understand this and talk about it and try to get that message to all coaches, the more we can help them become better coaches. There's so many coaches who just look out at their team and say, you know, guys, we're all in this together. We're all one team or we're all the same. You know, we all, all wear blue, whatever it is. And that's not true. Sure, everyone's on the same team, but every player is an individual. And by recognizing that each of us has our own stories, and that every player has his or her or their own stories, even if we don't know what they are, then by treating them as individuals, we all become better coaches, our teams become tighter, our players become more comfortable with each other, and you know what? We might win a couple more games than we otherwise might have. I think that's great. I, I, you know, I think about when getting a, a little soccer player, however you're getting, you're getting a little human. We're not just getting soccer players. We're getting people, like you said, come with different things, but we're helping them feel comfortable in their own skin, no matter what that is, to go into the world and just be a good person. And I think you can't be a good person unless you're comfortable with yourself because the demons are the ones where I will stop you from doing something because I'm not comfortable with it, right? A lot of times when we, when we look at I don't like that. Well, I don't like that because I don't understand it. I don't like that because it makes me uncomfortable. It's not about them. It's about me, right? So the more we can give experiences um, as far as letting kids know and talk about their sexuality, talk about diversity and inclusion and, and what that looks like and, and being okay with them saying, I don't understand it and I'm not comfortable with it and that's okay. And then someone saying, hey, that might be me. And you say, that's okay too. And just, you know, very similar to, you know, Cage's experience. It's like, we all are in transition and whatever that looks like, right? And so we take that kid, you accept them for where they are. And next month, if they're somewhere else, you accept them as well. And so you just got to really appreciate the fact that um, they're trusting you with their little lives, right? And, and what that looks like. I love both those answers, and I particularly like that you're concerned about the kids. And when I spent time with Cage a month or two ago, 
it was important for him to spread the message about the kids. And now we see the Las Vegas Raiders defensive end come out, which is great. But for me, Cage, more importantly, was the $100,000 donation to Trevor Project, which is all about helping these kids that Shalom just talked about. Yeah, it's an amazing thing to see somebody actively playing in the NFL and coming out. That is a big step. And I agree, the the fact that the focus that he specifically took the focus off of him and said, this isn't really about me. I just want you to know because I think visibility is important. But what's really important is the next generation and the kids and making sure that we're giving support to the kids. I think that's great. I think that's how that should go. I think people who have that kind of platform, that's how they should use it. That's what privilege is, is there for. You should use that kind of platform to uplift other people who don't have access to it. You know, the next generation that's coming up, this Generation Z that everybody's kind of talking about, it's a huge generation. First of all, it's the biggest generation we've seen. It's about 60 million people in Generation Z. And about 35% of those people know somebody who uses the pronoun they or them. That is a massive number of people. And the reason I bring that up is that we have to start looking at the fact that there is a big cultural shift coming in terms of how this next generation thinks about gender, gender identity, sexuality, diversity, intersection of all of these different identities and race and culture and socioeconomic status. This generation is paying attention. They're informed. They're brilliant. They have a serious motivation behind them to make this world look better than we're leaving it for them. And it is our role as coaches to be there to foster that, to, to give them that environment to say, yeah, go for it. I'm here to be your accomplice, to be your ally, to be, to be your support system as your coach and go for it. And in our club, the club that I run at Portland Community Football Club, the fact that I'm an out trans person is rare to be somebody who's out and coaching and running a club. But what that means is that I get to talk to kids about gender and, and their identity in a really open format. It means that our registration forms have six or seven different gender identities that parents can choose from. We have our first trans-identified male player starting tomorrow at practice. We had our first player come on this summer who uses they, them pronouns. The parents of kids who are in these spaces, they need a place to have their kids go to feel safe and protected and to flourish and to excel. And, and that's what having people who are out in the LGBTQ community is about, is the visibility and making other people know that it's safe to be here. And David, as not only a coach, but a father of six kids, six kids, one, you're a busy man, let me tell you that, but certainly you care about how your kids are treated as well. That's got to be an important reason why you're an ally. It is, without a doubt, and it's through their eyes that I've begun to see the world differently. I think there's a lot of, obviously, people who are parents out there listening, and I think you do tend to see things through your kids' eyes. We're always trying to protect our children uh, perhaps more than we even protect ourselves, I would say. So I think for me, you know, having having children coming sort of to college age uh, and a couple of sort of preteens and then two little babies, I think for me, it's really interesting to look at the difference of how they look at all these things and how they treat each other. And one of the things I've kind of seen in my own life and my own kids is exactly what Cage just said there. You know, my teenagers coming up to sort of 17, 18, 19 now, they're thinking about things completely different to when I did when I was 16, 17, 19. The, the change is unbelievable in terms of how progressive they are and how accepting they are and how welcoming they are. And that generation that Cage is talking about is, you know, they're part of that. And I think really, you know, I mentioned at the start there, I think the hard part sometimes is 
for parents who are not, you know, for parents who are, you know, getting on with their 30s and their 40s and their 50s, it can be different. It can be difficult. It can be hard to, to understand and to step into a new world. And sometimes we, you know, we, 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 we fear change, as we said earlier. And I think, you know, what we're saying here today is the thing to do is to be honest, to be open, to, to be supportive, to remember that, you know, your own child or somebody else's child deserves that respect and ask, open up, talk and ask. And, and we're here as, a, as an advocacy group to help. There's people in, in your local communities who I'm sure are there to help. You're not on your own, but don't fear that and, and, and take those steps with your child, like I've done with my own, like I've done with my older teenagers. You know, I've tried to walk that walk with them, and it's been an experience, a learning experience for me too. And we're here to be proud. It's Pride Month, and we also need to be proud of what we accomplished. As Dan wrote in his blog back on June 3rd, in just a few years, we produced a diversity and inclusion e-learning module, created the annual Play with Pride Rainbow Laces Project, sponsored convention sessions on important topics, contributed stories to Soccer Journal, sponsored a coaching course, supported coaches with questions about LGBTQ issues, collaborated with other advocacy groups, all for the good of our beautiful game. And Shalom, I'll come to you with this one because you light up a room. We've thrown some really cool social bashes with this group for sure, right? Oh man, they're so much fun. And then people, we've got people running all around our houses. <laughs> So with um, with ours, it's in the name, right? We're happy. We're here. We we, we want to be. We want to have a lot of fun, and we are just people, and, and we just happen to know how to have a good time. So if you come to one of our socials, you will get a little bit of history. You will get a little. You get a lot of smiles, a lot of laughs. You will see things in people's houses, or see things that come out of people that you may not see on a pitch. You may not see just having a conversation. It's so invigorating and, and light and um, people wanna participate because they too, doesn't matter. You can be gay, straight, trans, non-binary, you feel included. And we exude that and we intentionally, this is an intentional thing. We wanna make sure that everybody feels included. Just because we're LGBT and allies doesn't mean that everybody is not worth feeling good, at least for a short period of time. And Dan, I think it's fair to say, because I'm feeling right now, I've got chills and goosebumps. And when you mention names like David and Shalom and Cage and Bree and Jonas Worth, I mean, you don't need this podcast to be in the right spot, do you? These are great people spreading the right message. It's just an awesome group of people. They are creative, they're fun, they're clever, and they're in it for the right reasons. Those reasons to grow themselves, to help other people grow, and to have fun. Anybody who joins us, you will be uplifted and you will have a great time. Well, and you mentioned stories like Cage shared the story of Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner. And, and Cage, if you want to do a shortened version of that, because <laughs> that story never gets old, I don't think. No, I love telling that story. Um, the shortened version is that I did a panel for a Nike event. And at the time, Bruce Jenner, who was going by Bruce Jenner and hadn't transitioned yet, was sitting next to me on the panel. And when I answered a question of to a group of high school students of what I identify as as transgender and gave a, de a description of that, Bruce leaned over and whispered in my ear and said, this is all just so complicated. And I leaned back over and put my hand on Bruce's shoulder and said, it's okay, Bruce, I'll help you out. And then within about a year later, Bruce was Caitlin and I was, my mind was blown that uh, that, that all happened and I had no idea that that was going on. Yeah, it was an amazing story. And I think it goes to show that 
you never know what's going on with somebody. You just can never make any assumptions about what someone's dealing with inside and what's going on with them. And what we know now know is that Caitlin was wanting so badly to be out, was wanting to be Caitlin out in the world and, and wasn't able to, um, and was just struggling through it. Wasn't quite there yet. And David, going back to you, when you hear stories like that and you see the way Shalom lights up the room, we don't need a month to be proud. I mean, we need to be proud every day, right? I think we are, Dean, you're right. I think we're seeing more and more of it. I think, you know, a few years ago, I, there's been some great campaigns. Like we all know about the Rainbow Laces campaign and, you know, obviously the, the, the flag and everything. It's really an iconic statement now. People recognize it and know it. I was very fortunate in 2017 to be with the final ever FC Kansas City team before they went to Utah Royals. And we had an unbelievable support uh, who followed the team. And, and, you know, really a lot of them were part of the LGBTQ plus community. And what it really does is it shows you exactly what Kaja just said. Everybody has a story. And unfortunately, sometimes we, all wear, we always wear a mask. Well, you, what people see in the general public is a mask. Whether we're showing them what we want or not, it is a mask. And it's time to take that mask off, bring it down and say, even if society's not ready on times, football is. Wow. I mean, what a great time to say that. It's time to take okay. off the mask. Are you kidding me? That works on so many levels, right? Cage, Shalom, Dan. I mean, oh, you, what an incredible statement. Uh, yeah. I, I, David, my whole, I'm head to toe chills <laughs> from that statement. Um, because in my world, uh, around talking around gender, and, and that's what I do also besides coaching is, is do consulting in the, in the discussion of gender diversity. That is exactly what I'm trying to get people to understand is that the, the gender and the way that we express gender and the way we think about gender in our society is a lot of masks. It's a lot of playing. It's a lot of, it's a lot of playing a role. It's a lot of feeling like you've got to look a certain way or sound a certain way or walk a certain way to fit these made up rules. And what we really need is to just allow people to be themselves, be who you are, feel comfortable, play a sport the way you want to play it, play on the team that feels good to you, play on the team that matches your gender identity, anti-trans athlete bills still sweeping the country. Yeah, the masks have to come off and, and the place to find your support is wherever your family resides, whether it's your biological family or your, or your chosen and found family. That's, that's what it's about. Right, and I, I always go back to the kids because it's the, they're those formidable years and it's the little things, right, that keep those kids from even putting on that mask. It's noticing, saying, hey, you know, someone who identifies as he, him, I see you, I like your nails, I see you, you know what I mean? Or someone who yes. comes to you and I had, a you know, a little girl that I met as a little girl and, and you know, it's like my name is a letter now. All right, I see you. And every time we talk, I'm going to remind everybody that that is what you're choosing to do. And yep. I, because I don't want you to put on the shame mask because that's what it really is. I yes. want you to come out and proud. And you, you don't have to be gay to be out and proud, right? You just, you have to be you. You have to feel good in your skin. You've got to use that swagger because you know what? Even on the pitch, if you feel good about yourself, it's like when they say, if you have a clean kit, you get on and you play well. If you have a clean soul and you feel good about yourself, your best will come out no matter what. Uh, 100%. 100%. It's Pride Month. We're going to take one more break and come back and celebrate the diversity that is United Soccer Coaches. This entire show dedicated to the LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group. 
Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, where we are proud to dedicate this entire show to Pride Month and the LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group, led by Dan Wogue. And Dan often says he's got incredible people around him, and I'm feeling it. I am feeling it with Shalone Kimball, Cage Leitner, David Goff, Jonas Worth helping out. We know Bree Smith is with us in spirit. And one of the things that you also said in your blog, Dan, as we go back to you is the opportunity to work with this advocacy council has really shaped you right now. You said joining with leaders of the Black, Latino, Native American, AAPI, women's faith-based disabilities, professional college, high school, and youth groups, learning about their issues and finding common causes has broadened my perspectives and enriched my life. The only thing that I can tell you, Dan, is I really feel like on the opposite end of that, all of those advocacy groups, and I'm not saying this in a sycophantic way, all of those advocacy groups actually feel even more about you the way you said about them. When I say that to you, how does that make you feel? This is Pride Month. It makes me feel proud. You know, we sit there with these groups in the room and, and we just learn so much. I've learned about Native American issues, what it's like to be a player on the reservation. When we had Black Lives Matter last summer, you know, we said, what can we do to help the black coaches and coaches of black players. When COVID struck and, and a lot of the Latino coaches had issues with jobs and immigration and that sort of thing, the advocacy group said, what can we do? And then they've been there for us. I mean, they are walking the talk with us. Nicole Hercules of the black coaches group, we're great friends. And she said to me, I wanna learn more. I need to learn more. Haley Carter with the women's group, has been very involved in the intersectionality with, with women. So it goes both ways. And then we were talking before about some of the stuff that's going on uh, with Euro. Neuer, when he wore his captain's armband, the rainbow captain's armband, I got texts from other advocacy groups saying, that's so cool. You know, we sort of broaden each other's perspectives. We're there for each other. And if that doesn't say something about the uh, globalness and the beauty of our game, I don't know what does. And I don't know another game that encompasses so many differences around the globe. David, can you comment on the UEFA situation that Dan just mentioned or Cage, or do any of you have opinions on, on what's going on? Obviously, it was a very proud moment for the German player to, to wear the colors. But David, do you have any sentiment on that? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think it's, I think it's reflective of where Europe is and how far uh, things have come in Europe. And I think uh, it's not just soccer, but soccer's played a huge role 
in that, if you still think about some of the sort of Eastern European countries who are, you know, a long, long way behind the UK or, or Portugal or, or France or Sweden or the, or the Netherlands or, or any sort of countries like that, what soccer has done is, is brought these kinds of issues into people's households through TV deals on the field. You know, when your favourite players are making these statements and when they're out there kind of championing the cause or whatever else it is, people who wouldn't have otherwise stand up and listen. Now, I can understand UEFA's standpoint because they have rules around political statements and they don't want, uh, you know, certain things to be said and done. So that's why they've got involved. I don't agree with them getting involved. I don't think they should have got involved. But I, but they are very clear that they don't want any kind of statement of anything made on a, on a national scale. And that's to do with their sponsors and everything else and, and ultimately the money involved. So that's why UEFA have come out and said they'll investigate, but they shouldn't. It should be a simple thing. And I'm, you know, like Kate said earlier on, I can't wait for the day where something like that is not even a talking point. I don't know that we're there yet, but I tell you in our, in our lifetime, we're going we're gonna to kick off that pre-season and start that league season with that being the case, I'm sure. And, and you know, what's interesting, David, is that it's not a political statement. Yeah. It's a human statement. It is, you're it's right. It's a statement about human beings. That's just what I was thinking, Dan, that it, it doesn't it doesn't need to be seen as something political because it's just about humans identifying as, as themselves and being proud of who they are. Just the same as if somebody was to wear a Black Lives Matter band or to, to make a statement about the value of human existence. That's really what it is, but it's been politicized. And guaranteed, just that that little symbol that they did are keeping some kids alive and are keeping some kids in the game and keeping some kids believing that there is hope out there that they too will be accepted. I like that add-on because no matter how proud we all are, and it is Pride Month, somebody just said politics and someone just said political, and that is not going away, not tomorrow and not the next day. How can we educate people on how to navigate the political nature, particularly right here in our country, the United States? Well, I always go back to the political is personal. And that it, it really comes down to the fact that if people are educating themselves and not just reading a book or reading a magazine or, or reading a statement from somebody, that's one way of educating. But educating yourself means get to know somebody who's different than you. Reach out into communities that are not yours and, and do it with caution and do it with, with empathy, but reach out and, and get to know others because just like Dan was saying, he got to know about what's going on with kids playing on, res on the reservation. When you start to get to know people and bring the humanity into the issues, it no longer feels like this divisive political issue. It feels like this human issue. And it feels like, okay, this is somebody who I now know, I have some sort of connection with, and I want to fight for them. I want to be an ally for them. I want to be an accomplice with them because I know them, not because it's just some story in some newspaper that I read. So I think that's how people can navigate the political divisiveness that's happening in the country is to, to bring the humanity into it, let go of the egos and really connect with another human being who's different from you. Yeah, I think that um, it no longer can be, I'm happy that you are doing. There needs to be an expectation and it needs to start in small politics. You need to start in your city. You need to start in your schools. Mm -hmm. You need to build a cohort of people that you do regularly interact with, build a group and then move forward and keep moving forward. The smaller the group is that people feel comfortable, the more they will exude, right? Butterfly effect. And so it will happen and people vote, right? Like they say, they vote with their feet. 
if I am going to support you, you are going to support all of us, or we are not going to support you. Support all of us or none of us. That one symbol was just so beautiful, right? Because he's like, this is it. There, I, there's no if, ands, or buts. And he knew he was going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be just like, you know, John Lewis said, you have to get in good trouble. Finally, as we wrap up this entire show dedicated to Pride Month and the LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group, I want to read the final three paragraphs that Dan Wogue wrote back on June 3rd. This is Dan writing, and Dan will be speaking in a moment. Support from United Soccer Coaches Board and staff. They stand solidly behind us. Their unwavering faith in what we do and their commitment to all coaches of all backgrounds in all ways inspires me every day. Those are a few of the things I'm proud of. This Pride Month, I am uplifted by my colleagues, excited by what we can do together and eager to tackle the challenges ahead. June Pride lasts 30 days, but the LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group is here for United Soccer Coaches 24-7, 365. I'm Dan Wog, chair of the United Soccer Coaches LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group and the head boys soccer coach at Staples High School. I'm proud to be an out gay high school coach. I'm proud of United Soccer Coaches and I am proud of our beautiful game. I'm Shalom Kimball. I'm an unapologetically queer black woman. I'm a wife. I'm a friend, I'm an ally to anybody else. I am part of United Soccer Coaches, LGBT group, Black advocacy group, Native group, and disability group. And I am proud to be an amazing woman because of the people I surround myself with. I'm Cage Leitner. I am the executive director of Portland Community Football Club and the founder and CEO of Quantum Gender Consulting and also on the leadership team for the LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group. And I am proud to be an out queer trans person in coaching and working with youth. And I am so proud to be a part of the United Soccer Coaches family. I'm David Goff. I am the founder and owner of www.theproplayer.com. I'm also the assistant coach of the Jamaica women's national football team. I'm a very proud member of the LGBTQ plus group. And I am really proud of not just our sport, but also of America and its potential and the country that I brought my children to and its ability to change and its ability to move forward. And I can't wait to see what happens in the future. And I'm Dean Linky, proud to be the longtime voice of United Soccer Coaches and proud to know each and every one of you. Your beauty inside and out inspires me to want to do better, to want to be better. Dan, Shalom, Cage, David, thank you so much for putting a wonderful capper on Pride Month and being a part of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you. It was thank great you. being here. And I also want to thank Jonas Worth from United Soccer Coaches for helping put this panel together. Bailey Conklin for her great work. Erica Dyer, Jeff Van Dusen. Of course, I want to thank Lee, Gerald, and Sue Ryan who head up all the advocacy groups for United Soccer Coaches. They are beautiful inside and out as well. And I also want to thank Colin Thrash, our great producer. I'm proud of each and every one of them. And I'm proud of each and every one of you. For everyone, as we wrap up Pride Month here in June, I'm Dean Linky. Thank you, and we'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnap. 
Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.